welcome to Activity Quest, the podcast that will make your summer epic. As you might know, every episode of Activity Quest is packed with things to do. And in this one, we're chatting girl guiding and adventuring with Anna McNuff. The Summer Reading Challenge is underway and we're catching up with author M.G. Leonard about that. It's not too late to get involved. Plus, Connor's riding the Emirates Airline cable car. Episodes of Activity Quest always start with a fun kids presenter getting out and about and discovering what's happening near you. This week, Connor's riding a form of transport that's usually reserved for ski resorts. It's a cable car in the middle of one of the world's biggest and oldest cities, London. Here we go then, it's Connor from Fun Kids and I have been sent on an absolute adventure today. I'm currently in the Emirates Airline cable car. I'm actually going up right now and it's higher than I imagined it to be. I'm a little bit scared of how high it is and I'm also a little bit scared as to where we are going but the views are absolutely incredible. We're looking at the Thames right now. Uh, you can see all of London as well. This is the best bit about it. Every single part of London that you walk through on a daily basis, if you live in London, you can see from really, really high up. So it's super good fun. The views are honestly amazing. And luckily, it's a very clear day. So if ever you come, I would definitely suggest to come on a day where it's nice and clear, nice and sunny, and you can see everything. And as I've said all of this, we are getting even higher. And I'm starting to feel just a little bit scared. I'm joined by Edgar. He's operations manager of, well, all the fun and nonsense that these cable cars bring. I was very scared, Edgar, I'm going to be honest with you. It's quite high, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's 295 feet in the, in, you know, above land. 295 feet. I was trying to work it out. I thought it was about 100 foot, so that shows you how bad my math skills are. 92 metres, if we're looking at metres. 92 metres up. The views are incredible. Edgar, how many cabins are circulating on this, like, daily? So, in total, we have 34 cabins that are circulating. Um, However, we do always have two cabins that are in the garage being serviced and looked after, which get mixed around on a daily basis. So, we're always keeping on top of the conditions and cleanliness of them. Um, and making sure we've got enough on the line for, for the guys and the families to enjoy. And that's the thing I was saying. It's such a family activity. You know, you can come down with your brothers, your sisters, your mums, your dad, your granddad, whoever. How many people inside a cabin at one time? Yeah, absolutely agree. So we've got a total of 10 people can fit in. And we've, we've seen many, many families come back with a whole wide of friends and relatives joining them. Um, but usually a, a, f- a fun day out for the, for the kids and the family. It's an amazing visit, uh, place to visit. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. The views are fantastic as well. I was saying a sunny day would be the best. OK, so we're currently at the top. Um, what seems to be the highest point on the cable cars? I'm enjoying it. The view of Canary Wolf as well. Now, if you know Canary Wolf, it's like the financial business hub of London and I can see it to my left right now and the view is absolutely incredible it's got the O2 just in front of it as well I think the Emirates airline cable cars are an absolute must do you pick the cable car up at North Greenwich just by the O2 and then you come all the way over the water to the other side we're about to touch down there and then we're just turning straight back round to go back to the other side once again it's almost like a little theme park ride feels like a little bit of fun 
You know, you can also use it for transport, which is fantastic to get yourself over the water. But you could be like myself and use it as fun. Just jump on it. Come look at the views. Come have a day out. Why not? How long is the actual route? Like, how much sort of... um, uh, th- does it cover like what, is that like a mile long is it overall or? so it averages at 1000 kilometers actually so we, we could range from about 6 to 10 minutes journey one way which gives you an opportunity to take photos enjoy um, defeat your scared of, if, if you're scared of heights def- defeat your fears um, and just generally enjoy, enjoy it and be able to connect two wonderful boroughs with each other and, and enjoy a day out Okay, and this is more for my just general understanding because I was, I was up there and I was thinking, how was this built? I mean, this must have been really, really tough. How did they go about actually building this? Yeah, it wasn't easy, I must admit. Um, if, 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 we had, if we had an opportunity to just um, prop it here, we would. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, took, it took a lot of engineering skill and a lot of engineering, engineering hours to, to build all the towers um, together and to actually move the rope from one side to the other side across the river and attach it and raise it up so well of course you go over the water as well so it's, it's an incredible experience you must get down and come and see this with a family final question really from you edgar why do you think this is such a great thing for the family to do what is it that you think this is you know makes this the best thing to do in london well first i'd like to say that this is the first urban cable car in london it's 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 not like anything else so you can enjoy a day out you can go to the park you can um, you know, go to the cinemas, spend 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 the time with the kids outside, and this just puts that cherry on top, where it doesn't have to be a whole day focus here, but you will definitely want to tie this in with the rest of the activities that you're doing throughout the day, give something for the kids to enjoy, something different to do, um, and something for them to boast to their friends when they go back to school. And we have touched down back at North Greenwich. Full wide, so much fun on the Emirates Airline cable cars. Absolute must, as I said. Go see the views. Make sure as well, though, you have a camera with you because you're going to want to snap those, those views. They are honestly so, so good to see. And yeah, definitely make sure you go on a nice sunny day or just a clear day so you can see everything in the distance. Thanks, Connor. Remember, whatever you get up to, whether it's riding, unusual transport or something else entirely, we want to know. You can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this or get in touch at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. All right, here's what else is happening across the UK. Dan is hosting the Fun Kids Science Weekly live on stage in London in just a few weeks' time. It's a 60-minute performance in the heart of the capital, packed with cool experiments, experts and weird and wonderful things from our universe. It's a brilliant show for young minds and is happening as part of the Underbelly Festival on August 27th. Head over to the Fun Kids website, funkidslive.com, to find out more. One of London's newest and hottest attractions is open right now. It's called Toka Social and you'll find it in the O2 Arena. Grab a booth, boot some balls and finish some food. You might remember it from an earlier episode where Connor visited. Toka, that's T-O-C-A dot social. That's their website and the place to book. 
And there's a brand new family festival taking place at Cannon Hall Farm in Yorkshire over the August bank holiday weekend. It's called Five on the Farm after the Channel 5 TV show, promising over 25 live shows on seven stages and featuring a huge lineup of your favourite Channel 5 stars. You'll see the animals, attend workshops, hear tales from the shows, watch live demos and loads more. To find out more and book your tickets, Five on the Farm, that's the number five, Five on the farm.com. Remember to check before you travel and book in advance where you can. And whatever you do, tell them Activity Quest sent you. All right, every week on Activity Quest, we've been getting famous people to set you a challenge to complete. It's called the Fun Kids Summer Challenge. I wasn't told to do that voice, I just quite enjoyed doing it. But did you know there is also another type of challenge happening right now? It's the Summer Reading Challenge, or in the voice I did before, the Summer Reading Challenge. I caught up with author M.G. Leonard to find out more. So tell us a little bit about Twitch to kick us off. Tell us what is going on in Twitch. Well, so I had the idea for Twitch when I was touring uh, the United Kingdom talking to children about Beatles because it turns out that children who love birdwatching also appreciate and understand how important insects are to the natural world because, of course, insects are bird food. Without insects, we would have no birds. They would all starve. So many of the children I met who loved the Beetle books also loved bird watching. And quite a few of them said, do you think you could write a book about a bird watcher? And I thought about it. And at first I thought I couldn't because I didn't know a lot about birds at the time. But I started to kind of have a bit of an idea. For me, like an idea starts off like a a seed, a dormant thing that sits in my brain for a while. And then it gets watered by like connections and other types of coincidences. And then it starts to germinate and grow. And I realized that bird watchers often wear camouflage colors, uh, are really good at sitting still and being patient for long periods of time. They always have notebooks and pencils to write down their observations in their nature journals, and they have binoculars. They're stealthy. And I suddenly realized that these are all the absolute traits that a detective needs. <laughs> and in fact, a bird watcher would probably make a really fantastic detective. And the moment I had that idea, the moment I made that connection between detectives and bird watchers, I realised that I could write a really fantastic mystery story set outdoors where my hero was a bird watching detective. And that was it. That was the germination of uh, Twitch. Um, and so Twitch is a book about a bird watcher. It's a celebration of many birds um, and also an adventure story. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Now, I haven't read it, but I'm desperate to because it sounds amazing. And I've heard some people who have uh, enjoyed that book and a few others and said they are pretty awesome. Um, So how does it tie into the Summer Reading Challenge then? Well, the Summer Reading Challenge this year, every year it has a theme. Uh, And for those of you who don't know what the Summer Reading Challenge is, I should just explain. Uh, It's a uh, wonderful scheme for the summer holidays to try and encourage children to read as many books as they can. And so what happens uh, is the reading agency who uh, does this challenge with all uh, libraries in the United Kingdom, they get together a list of books around a theme that they think children would really enjoy reading over the summer holidays. And this year, the theme is Wild World Heroes, which is just perfect for me. Um, And Twitch, of course, is 
a wild world hero. He's an outdoors bird watching, hide building, like woods uh, adventurer. Um, and every other book on this list is also on that theme. It's all about the wild, about nature, about climate change. And they're all adventures, all for different ages. They start from picture books and they go all the way up through middle grade. Um, but yes, they're all based around that theme. So I love this because if you go on the website, if you go to summerreadingchallenge.org.uk, there's a book sorter and you can select uh, different pictures to say what kind of book you want to read. And then they will tell you, if you don't know what book you should be reading right now, this website will help you figure it out. Absolutely. And there's, there's so many different types of books. Like you would think, oh, books that are about the wild, like I wonder what types of books there are. But there are books about girls who've stolen an elephant. There are books about polar bears. There are books about the weather. There are nonfiction books. There's an amazing book called The Wild Child uh, by Dara McNulty, which is kind of a fact picture book for slightly older uh, young readers. And so you, there's a whole mix of incredible books. And I'm so delighted that Twitch is in there uh, at representing for the bird element. Yes. I mean, I don't know exactly for every single title, but with the Summer Reading Challenge, they have lots of other activities that they suggest children can do. But for Twitch specifically, we actually have a special website, which is uh, thetwitches.com. And on there, there are word searches. There are uh, sheets that you can do where you can learn how to spot birds. Um, there are puzzles uh, and lots of other different challenges. So if there's a book that you read that you particularly love, um, there are activities around it that mean that you can actually explore the theme of that book further. And hopefully, because it's the summer, maybe if we get a bit of sunshine, you can actually read your Wild World Hero book outdoors, which I think would be the perfect way to read a story in the summer. That's the best setting if you're sat outside in your garden or in the park and you feel like you're surrounded by grass and you're reading about the outdoors in your book. It makes you feel like you're a part of the story, right? Yes. And also, I think a lot of these books, I know Twitch in particular, really want to draw children's uh, attention to the wonders of the world that's literally outside your front door. You know, you only have to go to a park. Uh, you don't have to go anywhere fancy just to see birds. There are birds absolutely everywhere. Uh, and so if you're reading outdoors uh, and hopefully uh, enjoying an adventure that's full of birds, when you actually look beyond the page to the sky or the canopy above you, you'll see some of those birds. In Twitch, I've got some really exciting birds, but all birds that you can see in the UK. But I also really go in depth into some very common birds like the pigeon, because pigeons are very, very interesting. There's a reason why we see them everywhere. And it's because of their superior intellect and their ability to like adjust to living around humans. And so a lot of these books will arm you with information and hopefully enthusiasm and curiosity to explore the world outside your front door and feel a real relationship to the natural world, which is one of the joys of summer. What uh, book are you thinking of reading for the Summer Reading Challenge? Do you have a book on that list that you've got your eye on or one that you would recommend that's not Twitch? So I get sent an awful lot of books to read um, and to help, like, especially brand new authors that haven't had books out. And they often pile up next to my desk. And I've been so busy writing that I haven't read anything for quite a while. So the three books 
that I want to read this summer are The Weather Weaver by Tamsin Mori, which I've heard fantastic things about. Uh, and I believe that that's about a girl that finds that um, she seems to be able to connect with the clouds and control the weather. And that, I think, uh, a, a kind of in an adventurous way, talks about climate change. There's a book that's very beautiful and illustrated by Levi Pinfold, who's one of my favourite illustrators, called The Last Bear by Hannah Gold. So The Last Bear is about a girl who uh, goes to an island and discovers uh, a polar bear, a very hungry, tired uh, polar bear that's obviously been ravaged by climate change. And she sets out on a mission to save it. And I've heard fantastic things about The Last Bear. So I want to read that one. And the third book that I've been meaning to read for ages and just haven't is The Girl Who Stole an Elephant by Nizrana Farouk, which that came out at the same time as The Highland Falcon Thief. And I've literally carried it around with me for the last year and a half. So they're my three for the summer. They're the three I'm going to read. And I've been told by many people that all three titles are fantastic. So where can we go to find out more about the Summer Reading Challenge? So there is the website, thesummerreadingchallenge.org.uk, which you can find like a whole list of recommendations. But you can also go to your local library. Most libraries' children sections are running the Summer Reading Challenge. Uh, and if you be- if you get books out from your library, you can get stickers and things to build up um, so that you've got a record of everything you've read over the summer. I think the challenge is for you to read as many books as possible over the summer holidays to really make yourself into a wild world hero and a fantastic reader. Oh, well, I'll take that challenge on and I will have to read Twitch as well. Uh, MG Leonard, oh, thank you so do. much for chatting to us. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you, Bex. Have a great summer. I had so much fun chatting to MG. Uh, thanks again to her. And it's not too late to get involved. Summerreadingchallenge.org.uk is the place to find out more. Now, from one amazing person to the other. Sean caught up with the adventurer Anna McNuff recently, all about girl guiding and spending a night under the stars. Oh, hello, Sean. It's so good to chat to you. We're going to be chatting girl guides on Activity Quest because they're launching a new badge, which is called Night Under the Stars. So we thought we'd get Anna on to chat about this because not only is uh, she she closer with the girl guides, but also she's an adventurer extraordinaire. Who better to talk about this to? I have some qualifications, yeah. I've, I've done a few nights under the stars in my time. <laughs> Anna, tell us about some of your adventures, first of all. like what, what has been the most recent adventure, first off? Oh, the most recent one is probably the maddest one I've ever done, which was I tried to run the distance of 100 marathons from the Shetland Islands, way up off the north coast of Scotland and down to London, but with no shoes on. So in my bare tootsie, Wait, what? <laughs> that that was that was already chaos before <laughs> like that that you know that was just like one of those stories that starts off mad, then gets even madder, yeah. and then just when you thought it's gone mad enough, then the Boom, shoes are off. Cherry on the top. I know, I know. They they were like panther paws at the end, my feet. I felt like some kind of jungle animal. It was, it was wonderful. See, that's that's why we got Anna on. I told you that she was gonna be the authority on on uh, on adventures. Which is kind of well, because kind of combined my next question really. Anna, which was going to be what is the best or maddest adventure? But what's your favourite adventure? 
Oh, do you know, my favourite adventures are actually the ones that take a bit of a twist and a turn. So um, I like doing things if you've just got a bit, a, a tiny bit of time. So one adventure, I'd finished writing a book and I got on my bike and I cycled towards Wales because I live about 50 miles from the Welsh border. And I planned to sleep up one of the Brecon beacons and have this beautiful sunrise. And the adventure just took all these twists and turns. I ended up in a Michelin starred pub in my sweaty lycra with my musty armpits, eating all these posh ingredients for dinner. And and then I, I dragged my bike up to the top of this mountain, had a terrible night, loads of wind and rain, no sunrise in the morning. But I got back home after 24 hours, muddy, sweaty, and I just had a whale of a time. But it had been nothing like I'd planned. That is it. Adventures don't always have to be picturesque storybook times. Sometimes it's the adversity that makes them even better. I'd say it's not an adventure until it takes a bit of a turn. I'd say that's definitely <laughs> it. <laughs> It's a good criteria. It's a good criteria. So how did you get involved with Girl Guides? Oh, well, it was a few years ago. I was doing, a, they have this thing called the Queen's Guide Awards where um, it's, a, it's a very special badge that you can get for all the work that you've done. And I was giving a talk in the House of Commons and I have this part in my talk where I, I rip my trousers off and I'm wearing unicorn leggings. Stay with me. And um, <laughs> and at the end of the talk, the girl guide said, oh, that was fantastic. Um, have you thought about getting back involved with girl guiding? Because I was a girl guide when I was much younger, but I hadn't done anything for 20 years or so with them. But then I found out that they were basically all about getting girls outdoors they wanted to encourage more adventure and they were a lot about creating like strong terrifying feminists of the future and I thought I think that's something that I can help support so that's how I got back involved (laughs) all good stories begin with I was given a talk at the house of commons And I got my unicorn leggings out. Exactly. I got your union leggings. Ripped my trousers off and got my unicorn leggings out. It's like, it's, it's again, it's, it's another perfect adventure story, but just in a different way. Exactly. And then the girl guides, I mean, they haven't got a badge for unicorn legging based political moments, although I, I think there should be a badge for that. But they've got a badge for Night Under the Stars. Uh, so what do you have to do to be able to get this badge? Well, the funny thing is, you don't actually have to spend a night under the stars, although that's the general aim. It's really about when the sun goes down and quite often we do our adventures during the day but actually Night Under the Stars badge is about having an adventure in the evening time in the night time so it it could be anything like doing a nighttime bug hunt or doing a night hike which is awesome if you've got a really good head torch and some friends with you um, or maybe just doing some storytelling around a campfire with loads of marshmallows and things like that so it's about having an adventure around the evening and night time maybe doing some stargazing and then when you've done that adventure you celebrate how awesome you are by going and getting this badge and you don't have to be in girl guiding to go and get the badge and it's called the night under the stars badge and also the other i think the the great thing about those badges is that when you spot someone else who's got one on you can be like come on then tell us about your nighttime adventure what did you do that's it and i love this there's this scope for it you know you don't you don't that's what adventure's about it's about being really creative and thinking how can i go and do something where i'm going to enjoy myself i'm going to learn something i'm going to get connected to nature and so i reckon if you saw someone else with the night under the stars badge they'd have a great story you'd have a great story and everyone's a winner see i think i think as well i mean you've got to be inspired by those tales of adventure i mean you don't have to do 100 marathons barefoot or you don't have to be going up mountains or stuff but i think it's about just getting out there and seeing what happens Anna, it's been so wicked to chat to you you too pleasure sean and you can find out more about the night under the stars badge and get some top tips from the fun kids website funkidslive.com thank you sean and thanks to anna as well girlguiding.org.uk is the place to find out more
All right, that is it for today. We've given you some stuff to do, and now it's your turn to do it. Remember, there are loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to anytime you like. If you're after more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. Whatever you do and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids, every weekday from 4pm. See you then, bye! The Space Programme is a Baffle Gab production for the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids, and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com. I'm James Stewart. And in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.